Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 1003, and we're looking at Mark chapter 15, verses 33 through 41. Let's read the passage. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, See, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, fixed it on a stick, offered him a drink, and said, Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus let out a loud cry and breathed his last. Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women followed him and took care of him. Many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark's providing this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus. And we're in the final day of Jesus' life. In fact, we're in the final hours, minutes even, of Jesus' life. He was arrested early, early in the morning in the Garden of Gethsemane, taken to the high priest, then to the whole Sanhedrin. They challenged him. The high priest said, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. They said, That's blasphemy. He's got to die. So they took him to Pilate, the Roman governor, and said he claims to be the king of the Jews. Pilate didn't want to execute him, but felt he was back to a corner. And so rather than deal with a riot, it was easy enough just to order Jesus be scourged, flogged, and then crucified. So Jesus was severely flogged, almost to the point of death, and then taken out and crucified. And through this, we saw several mockings, being mocked by the soldiers before he was taken up to crucifixion. Then while on the cross, passers-by mocking him, religious leaders mocking him, even the criminals being executed on either side of him mocking him. So now we're at the point of the death of Jesus. We pick it up in Mark 15, verse 33. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. Well, it literally says from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, but that equates to noon to 3 p.m. Remember, it starts at sunrise, sunrise nominally 6 a.m. So you have this three-hour period of darkness. Now, people try to turn it into something natural, like an eclipse. Trouble is, the Passover occurs at full moon, and you don't have eclipses at a full moon. But it's just a supernatural thing, and eclipses don't last three hours. So what do we make of darkness? Well, it's a sign of God's judgment. Remember in the plagues on Egypt, when God was forcing Pharaoh to release the Hebrew people, Exodus 10.21, the ninth plague was darkness over all of Egypt. Amos 8.9, speaking of the judgment of God, he says, I will make the sun go down at noon, 
I will darken the land in the daytime. So this darkness is considered to be a sign of God's judgment. It's a supernatural event. Verse 34. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? There's a lot of debate about this. What's going on here? Jesus is on the cross, and he says, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Well, there's some ideas. One is, this is Psalm 22, verse 1. So this is how Psalm 22 begins. If you read Psalm 22, it's a picture of the cross, the description of the man being tormented in Psalm 22 sounds like Jesus on the cross. But Psalm 22 then ends with a note of triumph. And sometimes it's said that just by quoting the first line of a psalm, you're basically implying the whole psalm. So Jesus doesn't have hardly any energy left. And so he quotes Psalm 22 saying, look, Psalm 22, this is what's going on here perhaps. I go along with the other explanation of, he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Because he feels abandoned. Now, has God abandoned him? No, but he feels it. He's experiencing it. And this goes along with the Garden of Gethsemane. Why was Jesus so troubled in the Garden of Gethsemane? Yes, he knew he was facing a horrible execution. He knew he was facing incredible physical pain. But it was a bigger thing he was also facing. He was facing taking the sins of the world upon himself. And what is the result of sin? Separation from God. So how does it work? I can't say. And I don't think we can ever say. But somehow Jesus in his humanity experienced separation from the Father. And that's a terrible terrible thing. And that's why he's crying out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And it's not so much that he's quoting Psalm 22, but Psalm 22 is forecasting what will happen. Verse 35, when some of those standing there heard this, they say, see, he's calling Elijah. Well, he's saying Eloi, Eloi, which means my God, but it's outside of the cross. Jesus is probably pretty weak. I said, oh, is he calling for Elijah? And ideas were that Elijah was somehow going to be the helper to the Messiah. So he claims to be the Messiah. He's calling for Elijah. Some felt that Elijah might come and actually help people in distress. And so they say, well, maybe he is calling for Elijah. And then verse 36, someone ran to fill the sponge with sour wine, fixed it on a stick, offered him a drink and said, Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. Now, is he actually mocking Jesus here? Or is he one of these things, well, we'll see if this really happens. And then if Elijah comes and takes him down, then we will believe. Now, this is where I said before, Jesus was probably on a taller than normal cross as a very public execution because they had to put the sponge on a stick to reach it up to where he could get a drink of it. Verse 37, Jesus let out a loud cry and breathed his last. So there we have the actual death of Jesus. This is unusual. Normally people 
fade away on the cross until they just finally lost their energy and then maybe just hang there unconscious for a period of time until they die. Here, Jesus lets out a loud cry and then dies immediately. So it is an unusual death. Verse 38, Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now what's going on here? Actually, there's two curtains at the temple. So which one is he referring to? You open the front doors of the temple building, and there's a curtain right inside that was visible to people outside the temple. Is that the curtain he's referring to that was torn? And that would make sense with being a public sign for people to see. That is the idea there that it's no longer just the priests that have access to this holy place. Or is it the inner curtain? The curtain that separates the holy place, the place where you have the showbread and the altar of incense and the lampstand, from the Holy of Holies, the place where the Ark of the Covenant is, and only the high priest can go in there one day a year on the Day of Atonement. The idea there is that the mercy seat, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, is the place where God would come down to meet with his people, specifically the representative of his people, the high priest. And so the, the idea of tearing that curtain is now access to God is no longer restricted. Hard to say. We don't have any other records of this occurring. But regardless, I think the meaning of it is that the temple no longer has a place, really. There's, there's no longer a purpose for the sacrificial system. And that's what went on at the temple. Righteousness now comes through faith in Jesus Christ. God is accessed directly through Jesus Christ. So the tearing of the curtain is the idea now that Christ is the way we interact with God, not via the temple sacrificial system. Verse 39, when the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. So the centurion, the head Roman soldier there, sees this go on. Now, he's seen a lot of crucifixions, I suppose, and he's seen a lot of men die. The way Jesus died was unusual. It says the way he breathed his last, this idea of a loud cry, and then he's dead. He said this, is, this was highly unusual. What did he know about what went on with the Sanhedrin? We don't know. Where he was asked by the chief priests, are you the son of God? And Jesus said, I am. Does he actually have the meaning we would with Son of God? Or does he just mean basically this was definitely a, a holy man, maybe even a divine man? We can't say. Verse 40. There were also women watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger and of Joseph, and Salome. Verse 41, in Galilee, these women followed him and took care of him. Many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem. We hear a lot about the women in Jesus' group, but there were this group of women, and they provided a lot of support for Jesus. They basically took care of Jesus and the disciples, took care of their physical needs, and were part of Jesus' group of disciples. And he names three of them specifically. Mary Magdalene, which 
means Mary of Magdala. Magdala was a town in Galilee on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, somewhat south of Capernaum. So she was Mary from Magdalia, Mary Magdalene. And we're told in John's Gospel that Jesus had cast seven demons out of her. Mary, the mother of James the Younger and Joseph. James the Younger was one of the disciples, and younger to distinguish him from James, the son of Zebedee, and Salome. We don't know much about Salome. We see her name one other place, but Matthew gives somewhat the same three names, except instead of Salome, he says, the mother of the sons of Zebedee. So, most people believe Salome is the wife of Zebedee. She's the mother of James and John. And we know she was traveling along with the group because in Matthew's gospel, she's the one that approached Jesus while they were on their way to Jerusalem and asked that James and John have special places in Jesus's kingdom. So here we have the actual death of Jesus. There were a couple of miraculous signs from God showing his judgment, the darkness over the whole land, showing his judgment on sin, but then specifically the tearing of the temple curtain, showing that now, through Jesus, there is access to God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.